Welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business Council. The Business Exchange is a bi-weekly program where we have business executives and industry experts share insights on how business works, and also they share deep dive into the biggest stories in business. And at some point, we also ask them to make bold predictions about the various or specific sector that we're discussing. My name is Margaret O'Leary. Today, our discussion will focus on the Petroleum Industry Act, the PIA 2021. Since 2008, you know, the Petroleum Industry Bill, now an act, has remained the big fat elephant in the room uh, when the subject of the legal reforms in the energy sector is um, spoken about uh, when it comes to the fore. So this episode, we will be discussing the history of the PIA, a summary of its provisions, perceived challenges to its implementation, and its impact on the future of energy in Nigeria. To join the program, please follow us on AB underscore, AB Council underscore NG on Instagram and on LinkedIn American Business Council Nigeria. And please use the hashtag, hashtag the ABC Business Exchange to continue the conversation. On this special episode, we have Taiwo Uyedili. And, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about uh, Taiwo Uyedili of uh, PwC. Now, Taiwo is a fiscal policy partner and the Africa tax leader at PwC. He is the author of Insights on Taxation and Fiscal Policy, the top 50 tax issues in Nigeria, and the Nigerian Transfer Pricing Chapter of the International Bureau of Fiscal Documentation Publication. He's also a contributor to the Annual Doing Business Report of the World Bank and the Paying Taxes Survey of Price Water Cooper covering 190 economies worldwide. He's a thematic lead for the Public Finance and the Taxation Policy Commission of the Nigerian Economic Summit Group, the Chairman of the Taxation and Fiscal Policy Faculty Board of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Nigeria, member of the Nigerian Taxation Standards Board and a member of the Ministerial Committee on Implementation of Nigeria's National Tax Policy. I mean, it, we can just go on and on. But hi, Taiwo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Margaret, for having me. Yeah, it's a great pleasure to have you here. And uh, just so that we kind of give uh, teeth to the conversation, uh, can you mm. just kind of share the history of the PIB, now the PIA briefly, and why the passage of the Act is really critical to the growth of the Nigerian economy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. I think it's um, it's fair to say that this has been a journey of about 20 years, so easily two decades. Um, and we can trace the history uh, to 2001, when the former president, Olusha Gombasanjo, uh, set up the oil and gas sector reform implementation committee. Uh, at the time, it was part of the privatization um, effort of the federal government. Uh, so they made some recommendations, and those recommendations ended up uh, in what was the first PIB that was presented to the sixth National Assembly at the time in 2008. So as PIB, PIB itself, uh, I'll say it's a journey that started in 2008. 
uh, it went through a number of iterations. Uh, at some point, we had different versions. Even the lawmakers were not sure of the versions they were uh, trying to legislate on. <laughs> it was that complicated. Um, I think politics got in the way. Um, it was unnecessarily hyped in certain areas. Uh, and then we, at some point, you know, we said maybe if we split it into different components, and then it was split into four different bills uh, at some point. And the intention was maybe we just pass one aspect of it at a time. And in fact, the National Assembly indeed passed the Petroleum Industry Governance Bill, which was one of the four at the time. This was in 2017. Uh, but of course, the president did, did not sign. Uh, I think because also the National Assembly did it at the last minute, almost like they just do something before we go. Uh, then at some point also it was a bill presented by a private member uh, which some of us consider was not ideal uh, but eventually it was presented again this time around by the executive which is is the right thing to do and in i think it was in 2020 and then uh, fast forward to 2021 uh, we got the national assembly to pass it was harmonized between the two um, houses, the House of Rep and the Senate. And eventually on the 16th of August, 2021, the president assented to the bill. Uh, and as we speak today, now we have the Petroleum Industry Act. Um, you know, it, I feel a little bit um, uncomfortable that uh, the president had now sent uh, a request to the National Assembly to amend it. Uh, because some of us, uh, we, we worry that this would also be hijacked and people will use the opportunity to bring back different things they're not comfortable with. Um, but I think we're at a point where we just need to start implementing the PIA. It's not a perfect piece of legislation, but it is progress from where we're coming from. And then we can just make it better as we go along. Uh, in terms of the other part of your question in, uh, relating to the importance of the PIA, why almost the entire country uh, you know, has been holding its breath to say, where is this going? What's going to happen to us? It's because uh, I think it's very uh, apparent that when the oil and gas sector sneezes, Nigeria catches cold. Even though the contribution of the sector to, yeah, even though the contribution of the sector to the Nigerian's economy in terms of GDP is right about nine, nine point something percent, under 10 percent, but then it accounts for over 65 percent of government revenue, over 90 percent of foreign exchange receipts. So whatever happens to that sector means it affects the value of the Naira. So including whether people will pay more for the price of bread and milk on the streets of Lagos to Kano to Ekiti. So, and the FDI that comes in, that's the foreign direct investment that comes into that sector has a multiplier impact or effect on the rest of the economy. So it's really critical to Nigeria's economy today uh, and in the near future. Yeah, so that, that's very that's very interesting. And there was something you said that, you know, caught my ears with I, I mean, this is a conversation for another day, you know, when you talked mm -hmm. about the issue around the impact on the on the foreign exchange but i mean we're not going to be talking about that here now mm, mm. Uh, so yeah so so a couple of other things happened with the pie and and that obviously includes um, issues around you know the unbundling of uh, nmpc uh the impact on host communities applying for 
issues around oil, mining, leases and licenses, mm. and public participation yeah. in the oil and gas industry, and environmental implications, obviously, of the new act and the implication of the new act on the oil subsidy. What can we say, or can you just kind of give us a summary of what the provisions have relating to these um, areas in in the PIA? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. So we we uh, you know had uh, a session with business business leaders uh, at PwC recently, and we were asking them about what they are most excited about. And these NMPC onboarding issues around host community were the things that people were mostly excited about. So you're right, um, the PIA says, let's have an NMPC that is commercially driven and is profit oriented. Let's just start making profit like any normal company would do. Um, I know we always say in Nigeria uh, that government has no business doing business. And of course, if you look back in time, Maybe our history um, and that antecedent uh, suggests that we should not be doing business. But really, uh, we need to remind ourselves that Saudi Aramco is a government-owned um, entity and is the world's most profitable company as of today. Uh, so for just the last quarter alone, um, the Q2 ending uh, June, uh, they made a profit of over $25 billion. Uh, so our own NMPC only just declared profit for the first time. Um, this year, uh, relating to the last financial year, in its 44 years history. So this is not really what Nigerians deserve. So PIA says, let's try and commercialize NMPC. Uh, we're going to register it as a company under the Companies and Allied Matters Act. It will be a karma company like any other company in Nigeria, say, for example, a bank uh, or private oil companies. Uh, but it will be owned by the Ministry of Finance Incorporated and the Ministry of Petroleum Incorporated on behalf of the uh, Federation. Uh, it must be incorporated within six months uh, of, of enacting the PIA. Uh, so the time is counting as we speak. So the plan is that the current NNPC will transfer the asset liabilities and interest to NNPC Limited within 18 months. Uh, whatever cannot be transferred uh, will have to be either extinguished in the case of liability or realized in the case of asset or be transferred to the federal government. Uh, so the current NMPC would then cease to exist in its current form. So this is expected to give, uh, you know, give way for possible listing in future where Nigerians can be shareholders of NMPC Limited. So the other area is around host community, like you, like you mentioned. Uh, the PIA says that every operator in the upstream sector must set aside 3% of the operating expenses for the prior year, immediately preceding year. And these should be uh, set aside in a fund uh, that will be used to take care of the host community. 75% uh, of the fund will go into capital expenditure, that's like building roads, building head centers, school, and so on and so forth. 20% uh, will be kept uh, in the reserve for, for the future. So this will be managed by fund managers and only 5% will be used for administrative purposes. And I think this is really fantastic. Uh, and it provides for there to be a board of trustee, management committee, and an advisory committee. And it says you don't have to you know, uh, put everybody from the village or the community on this on these structures. It should be people 
who are competent, but the community will be will be represented. Um, so, so that for me is really good. And then the issues around licenses and leases, um, the PIA tried to establish a regime that is more transparent rather than very opaque and, and, and under the table approach that we had adopted in the past. Uh, we now have a commission for the upstream and we have an authority for the mid and downstream. Essentially what that means is in trying to obtain licenses, uh, the processes will be more transparent and different licensing regime, you know, petroleum exploration license, petroleum prospecting license, petroleum mining lease. So these are just to depict different phases and stages of the uh, oil and gas, uh, gas value chain. So uh, it, it's, it's also, the PI also requires that we have more transparency by even having a public register of all licenses and leases. So you can then open that register and see who owns what. Uh, plus we should have a public register for beneficial ownership, the contract arrangements, you know, some of them are meant to be published on websites where people can access from anywhere in the world, including having audited accounts of the commission as well as the authority. So many of us for many years, we didn't see published accounts of NMPC, for example, or maybe DPR. So having that transparency, not only for the operator, but also for the regulators, I think for me is extremely uh, important. I don't know whether I answer all the questions. Um, I it, was. Yeah, actually, you, you you did, but I mean that kind of um, brought my kindled my thoughts in other areas as well. So when mm. we talk about the host communities, because again, you know, there's been a lot in the media around. So how is the host community defined? You know, in, in this particular regard, is that you know the community where the oil comes from or the pipelines? You know, who is the host community? as per PIA? Mm, yeah, that's a great question because this is one of the areas where I think everything was blown out of proportion. Uh, first was the 3%, people were comparing it with 30% for frontier exploration, but they just conveniently did not say anything about the base on which it was being calculated. Uh, our estimation is that the host community fund uh, should be around $500 million as of today and per annum. Whereas the frontier exploration, 30% of NMPC profits is somewhere around $100 million you know, as of today. So it, it's, not, it's not the same thing. So the definition of a host community based on the PIA is first the, the uh, community where you're carrying out your operation, but the operators um, can also, by definition, include other communities where, for example, they have their infrastructure and their assets. So I may be doing my activities in community A, but my pipeline, for example, passes through three other communities. So the law allows the operator and the license holder, for example, to then by definition include those other communities as their host community. If you are doing your operation, um, you know, uh, you know, on the deep, deep, uh, deep offshore, so you're just on the high seas, so, you know, logically, you don't have host communities. <laughs> so the PIA says in that case, the littoral community will be your host community. So everybody will have to contribute, you know, to just support the, the host community. So, and I think that's a, indeed a very good thing. Okay, and, and, and something else again, when we talk about the privatization of NNPC, 
Um, mm. Is this is this at a hundred percent, or you know, um, government still owns a certain percentage? I mean, this will be good for our listening audience. Yeah, I think you know at the moment it's it's one hundred percent owned by the government. So, which means, you know, until government decides otherwise, it will be 100% for as long as they want it. Uh, by the time they are ready to list, they can list as little as even two or three or five percent. Like Saudi Aramco only listed, I think, five percent. So, there's nothing in the PIA that says government must list a certain percentage of NNPC. Uh, so, it will be wholly left to the discretion of government. And I think also based on the performance of NNPC Limited, because you can't go to the market with a company that is making losses. Nobody will buy uh, the shares. Yes. <laughs> so fingers crossed. I, I personally hope that we get to a point where the controlling shares of NNPC Limited will be in the hand of the private sector and Nigerian citizens rather than governments. Yeah, so so that that's fine. I mean, we. my next um, question already, um, my thought, kind of has been sitting around the things we've been discussing, which is um, what are your thoughts around impending and you know foreseen challenges uh, to the implementation of the PIA? Because we've talked about, you know, a bit about the, the politics of it, understanding, having clarity around, you know, what the um, act says about certain things, you know, and, and all that. So, but can we look at in terms of, you know, top three, uh, perhaps, foreseen or even unforeseen challenges uh, to the implementation of this uh, PIA? Yes, I think, uh, you know, uh, really the, the law is only as good as the paper on which it's written if you don't implement it. So uh, in trying to implement it, there will be challenges, certainly. I'll say from where I look from, uh, the biggest challenges I see will be, number one, uh, maybe I'll call it undue political interference. So if we start setting up these various structures from the commission to the authority, and we put politicians there to be on the board to lead the implementation, then we're back to where we started. Uh, so that for me is the biggest uh, you know, impediment uh, that is likely to, to happen, but I'm hoping not. Uh, the other one is uh, if we don't make sure that we have a coordinated approach to the implementation that brings everybody together. Uh, we shouldn't have different ministries having their own implementation plan for the PIA. Uh, and we also have to make sure we engage stakeholders. We must continue to have conversation with the business community, with the private sector, uh, with the people that already were there before, uh, the new agencies, international community, uh, key regulators, we must continue to have that. And then uh, lack of capa capacity or capability by the institution is another potential pitfall. Uh, if we don't have the right people with the right knowledge, uh, then we, we are only just as good as the, as the knowledge that we have. Um, one of the other issues with the onboarding of the NFPC is to progressively get rid of subsidy. So this can also be an impediment because if we don't have the political will to remove subsidy, then NNPC will never be commercially focused and it will not be profit oriented. But, you know, we'll also be naive to think that removing subsidy is easy. So but I think government has to be intentional uh, in how they go about it so that they can remove the subsidy uh, and at the same time limiting the negative impact on the poorest and most vulnerable Nigerians 
so this country can move forward. We just can't continue to afford a subsidy, for example. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 very interesting um, to note. But something else really is really not bothering me, but you know, making me kind of curious about what we are talking about in terms of you know, are we not being anachronistic about conversations around petroleum? Um, you know, the the PIA right now. Uh, you know, there has mm. been a global shift in the energy space. You know, traditional mm. oil and gas companies are getting on board with energy transition. You know, upstream players are spreading and running into new re renewables and oil uh, uh, fuel service companies are actually seeking a wider energy market than just oil and gas. Governments mm. all over the world are, you know, being very ambitious around um, targets to minimize their um, CO2 emissions and footprints, and there's a general shift towards green energy. Um, how does the PIE fit into this whole conversation? Yeah, yeah. So I think one thing that is certain is that the future of energy is cleaner than it is now. <laughs> so that is <laughs> certain. And it's already like a class action by the likes of the World Bank saying we're no longer going to fund you know, fossil fuel investments except in limited uh, you know circumstances for developing countries for a while so and you would have you know probably seen in the press shell you know selling off some of their fossil fuel assets not only in nigeria also a few days ago i saw also in the us uh, they're selling some of their fossil fuel assets to invest in clean energy uh, we've seen the like of total used to be total oil and gas they renamed themselves to total energy again to depict their you know moving away from fossil fuel so the reality is that this is where the world is going uh, the PIA uh, is is heavily focused on hydrocarbon uh, that's why it's called the petroleum industry act um, but then you know there's uh, I'll say there's a bit of also focus on gas because gas is cleaner than say gasoline or petrol so gas, I think, will be the anchor for us to transit from where we are now to the future of energy, which is going to be cleaner. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of us have also said, instead of just investing in, in uh, frontier exploration, can we also have a future energy fund where we start thinking about how do we make our energy cleaner? How do we, for example, make Nigeria the hub for hydrogen energy and so on and so forth? But overall, I'll say the PIA has some, you know, thinking and provisions uh, in terms of energy transition and clean energy, but we need more. Yeah, and again, because I know that there, there is a lot of global um, spending on exploration on natural gas reserves um, mm. and, and, and oil service companies of great repute have been um, you know, investing and even spending money, uh, you know, in the in this space as well, in the exploration on uh, natural gas reserves. Do you uh, know how best uh, the country can leverage on this global spending? Mm, yeah, you know, I think it was a former uh, petroleum minister of Saudi Arabia who said the stone age did not end for lack of stone. <laughs> And of course, the, the cold age. <laughs> so what did it? So what did it end? <laughs> we still have plenty better. of stone. We just moved on. <laughs> the same thing with coal. We did not run out of coal, right? And we just moved on. The same way. We're not going to wait until there is no crude oil again on the ground before we move on. So the world is already moving on. 
So what, what Nigeria can do to leverage on this is first to try with, uh, you know, I think we should start with what we have. Um, we can't just pretend that, you know, clean energy is what we want today and therefore we shut out everything. We have to start with our not so clean energy. First, we need to diversify. So there are a lot of derivatives coming from, from uh, crude oil, uh, petroleum, including chemicals. So let's take advantage of those. Those things will be with us for the foreseeable future. Let's also even try and find a way to refine locally. So the fact that we're still even importing refined products. So if we can start with what we have, diversify the oil sector itself, and the investment and the returns you make from that sector, use that to drive the other sectors of the economy, including renewable energy. So Nigeria has committed to reducing greenhouse gas emission by 20%, uh, and we need to be true to our commitment. So what that means also is we need to use this initiative to complement you know, some of our, our strategy like the National Renewable Energy and Efficiency, Energy Efficiency Policy of the federal government, uh, where Nigeria has said, we want to be able to generate 30,000 megawatts of electricity by 2030, and that will be about 30% of our generation mix. So we have to then, beyond seeing these nice objective and strategies, we have to develop a work plan of how do we move from where we are to where we need to go. Once we provide the clarity uh, in terms of policy and policy direction, the private sector, you know, they have plenty of money to invest since they know that the, the returns would always be there. So I would say this is how to make, uh, you know, take the best, uh, make the best use of the opportunities that are available out there uh, to key into this new, new energy transition uh, mindset around the world. Fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Tayo, for this enlightening conversation. Uh, so overall, what I what I hear uh, and from our conversation is that the PIB, PIA itself is a is, is, is it's really good for the country is a positive way forward. Mm -hmm. Albeit, you know, um, it would take away uh, some of the the um, would be or potential challenges that, you know, politics would would may bring into this kinds of uh, of, of a good traction and mm. if we were able to really um, implement what you know the, the spirit behind the the PIA and not you know kind of pay lip service so and and, okay. and then also that the PIA itself you know has uh, you know issues around the you know energy uh, transition uh, things mm. that would speak to issues around our transition into uh, clean energy or at least reducing our footprint. And, you know, if mm. we're able to run this, like I said, with the, the, the right um, uh, spirit and the right attitude towards, you know, the way we want this to, the way it should go, then it will be very good for for the country. So thank you so much for this uh, enlightening conversation. Before uh, I round off. I'll, I would say I would like to share with the listening audience that uh, Taiwo is also going to be um, a special guest on the panel that the American Business Council, in collaboration with PwC Nigeria, uh, would, would be having on the 30th of September at three o'clock Nigerian time to discuss the future of energy in Nigeria and its impact to the economy, leveraging the recently signed PIA. Now, the, the this is part of our economic update and it would host a lot of uh, 
international and local energy stakeholders as well as um, uh, business and executives. And so we also we're going to be having um, speakers, you know, the CEO of Lake Oil, David Williams, co-founder of the Carbon Africa, Chijoke Wabute, uh, who would moderate the panel. And we're going to have Teji, George, Cody, and like I said, we're going to have Taiwo Oyedele. So we have shared the link on all our social media platforms. So Taiwo, thank you once again. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so we have come to the end of the show. And uh, again, I would ask that you follow the Business Exchange on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify. And on social media, follow us at abcouncil underscore ng. Oh, I got it right this time on Instagram and on LinkedIn American Business Council Nigeria. Continue to follow the conversation on our LinkedIn and Instagram using the hashtag, hashtag the ABC Business Exchange. So see you uh, in our next episode, same time on Tuesday, the 5th of October. And thank you so much for listening.